And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, January 7th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with the Bassmaster, Mr. Carhartt himself, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! hey hey oh. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Lily. Last but not least, making the magic happen is J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live here on YouTube. Please like and comment and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Help your boys get to 25,000 subs. We're on our way. It's in play. Getting so close. Keep telling your friends. And uh, yeah, make sure you've subscribed to No Dunks on YouTube. Guys, we stepped on the beach yesterday to answer some of your emails and tweets. Tass joined us. We had the full squad. Yes, Tass talked about recycling, uh, as one does when Tass is on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. Now, that said, we didn't share that episode on Twitter or Instagram or our Facebook page, so maybe this is a surprise to some of you, because it didn't really feel right uh, with what was going on yesterday. A silly NBA podcast can obviously feel very inconsequential at times like this, Um, but it is up there if you want to go listen to it. Thank you for sending in your emails your comments and stuff like that. Keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. The players in the league, they decided to play hoops last night, um, as the Celtics and Heat said in a statement, to bring a little joy into people's lives. So that's I think that's what we're doing here. That's the approach we're taking, of course, with no dunks here on a Thursday morning. Bring a little joy. So thank you for joining us or listening to the podcast a little bit later in the day. Crazy, of course, day in American history yesterday. Wild stuff, and I'm sure it's going to pop up maybe even throughout this show. But we're going to play a little... What you got? What you got? What you got? What you got? Now this first one is a little wild. Bradley Beal set a career high with 60 points last night versus Philly, but it came in a loss and he was not happy. I'm pissed off, Beal said. I'm mad. I don't count them. Any of my career highs, they've been in losses, so I don't give a damn. You can throw it right out the window with the other two or three I've had. So my what you got is actually a would you rather, Lee <laughs> Same thing. Uh, would you rather score 60 in a loss, Lee, or zero points in a win? What you got? Uh, this is so tough because it is my guy Bradley Beal out there uh, doing it. And getting to 60 was tough because he was close. And then they just couldn't get him the ball. They turned it over a couple of times and he had some uh, bad looks. And, and then it was really at the free throw line when the game was over that he got that 60 mm-hmm. anyway. Um. Yeah, I mean, okay, in January, I'll take the 60 and a loss. That's fine. If we're talking game seven of the NBA finals, I'll take the zero, okay? <laughs> okay. I'll take the zero and a win. But uh, the 60 and a loss, because he was just cooking last night, Bradley Beal. He had it going on in that third quarter. He had it going in the first half. Uh, you know, when he has got that shot going, you know, one of the reasons I like him so much is because he's just such a beautiful shooter of the ball. Mm-hmm. And he was getting to his spots and just knocking down everything. And he was going inside as well. Uh, he, he was just incredible to watch. But uh, the bigger picture here, of course, is, again, it's just another loss to the Wizards. And I feel that Beal is just squandering some of his career right now in Washington. I hope he can get out of there because 
I think he's uh, he deserves to be on a bigger stage with a better team, with a team that's at least close to contending. Again, the Wizards are just going to be really pushing just to get into the playoffs, which is not what they where he wants to be mm-hmm. at this stage of his career. So, uh, yeah, this is, oh, man, this is a tough one. Seeing him just light it up last night in a loss. I mean, they had to come back from a, a long way down uh, to get back into this game, and they nearly pulled it off, but they couldn't close the game. Another, another impressive finish, actually, by the Philadelphia 76ers. I thought that was uh, another good way for them to close out the game. Yeah, Joel Embiid was a monster uh, late, and he let everybody know after the game. <laughs> he was like, you know, he gave some uh, credit to his teammates, but he's like, no, this is what I do. I close this thing. And he had an awesome, awesome line. And you're right, Sixers stay rolling here. Uh, but the Wizards, uh, poor Bradley Beal. I mean, a lot of these, like, 50s and 60s that he's put up, they do come in losses, Trey. But the question is for you. I, I, I have a, I have a <laughs> oh, feeling on, what your answer is going to be. Come on, buddy. Come 60, on. 60 and a loss, no greater for Trey Kirby. <laughs> Absolutely. We're not talking about Terrence Ferguson on this show to lead things, right? That guy played 18 seconds last night, didn't score for the 76ers, but the story's Bradley Beal. Like Lee's saying, if you're going for 60 in a game seven of the NBA Finals and you lost, you'll probably be sad. And maybe if you're Bradley Beal and you keep having these career highs and keep losing, you'll be sad, but uh, something is in common here. Bradley Beal is still there. He's still scoring all these points, but they ain't no defense in Washington. This reminded me of Hawks versus Nets from last week where uh, the Wizards came in. You know, they're not going to play defense. So the 76ers said, all right, we'll see if we can outscore you. They were able to do it because Bradley Beal just wasn't able to keep it going there in the fourth quarter. Where'd he go, mate? Well, you got, I mean, I think they were almost forcing it a little bit, to be perfectly honest with you. They're trying to get in that 60 because he had that step back, looked like a three, but they only gave him 2 1 Embiid, which would have given him 60. And then after that, there was a couple of possessions that they just forced it, I thought, uh, trying to get it to him. Ish Smith basically was running down the lane and he kicked it out to Bradley Beal to, to get the three, which, uh, again, you, you know, teammates are trying to help their their guy get to that milestone, of course, but they should have tried to win the game as well. There, Ish Smith should have gone in there and tried to get that layup. It would have brought them, I think, within five at the time. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's really, really what it was for me is it just like at the end of the game, the Sixers, uh, the uh, Wizards were, were forcing it and Beal just couldn't get loose. The Sixers' defense was pretty good on him as well. They were kind of pretty much trying to prevent him yeah. from getting putting a 60 up on them. So, combination of things. But that third quarter, he was just incredible where he, uh, I think he had 25 in that third quarter and man, some of those shots he was knocking down were Pure. just, oh, so beautiful. Like when he gets his feet set and he rises up, mechanically, that is how kids should be taught to shoot the basketball. Yeah, I remember when he was drafted. Exactly. Ray Allen was the comparison. Yep. And Lee, I love this um, this new phrase you've been using a lot during the show this season. A beautiful shooter of the basketball. The basketball I'm yeah. sure everyone would like to hear your top five beautiful shooters <laughs> of the basketball. Maybe it's something we can do in the future. Uh, but if you're the Sixers, are you concerned about this game that you gave up this many points to the Wizards and to Bradley Beal? The only reason I would say a teensy tiny bit is because... The Sixers are a good defensive team. Ben Simmons is an incredible defensive player, being a huge point guard. But one spot where he can struggle is with these little tiny guards. And I don't think that's necessarily a place that the Sixers have addressed right now. Simmons is still going to be their point guard. He's still going to be their number one perimeter defender. But they don't necessarily have that guy who can stick a small guard like Ish Smith, who had a pretty decent second half, or Bradley Beal, who's handling out there on the perimeter. That was Josh Richardson last year. He was supposed to be their perimeter stopper. Obviously, he's gone, replaced now with Danny Green and Seth Curry, neither of who are as quick on the ball playing defense. Yep. So maybe that's something that could come back to bite them in the future, playing a team like uh, the Nets with Kyrie Irving or perhaps the Celtics whenever Kemba Walker comes back. Yep. Those little guards have always given the Sixers problems because they play such a huge team. That seems to still be the case. Yeah, that's fair. You know, these teams like the Sixers, though, they must see the Wizards on the schedule, and even the Hawks, for that matter, and just be like, all right, <laughs> everybody's yeah. going to eat tonight. Let's basically pick up hoops. It's Wednesday night hoops for us, Trey. Yeah. Happen on Wednesday night. It's like, all right, they're not going to be a lot of defense out here. Maybe a couple possessions. All right, Skeets, you don't got to play a defense and pick up ball. That's enough. Now let's just run and gun. And it must be fun because ah, there's just – I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that I can see why it's easy to fall into that trap. When you do play a team – that doesn't have a great defensive backbone, well, then you're like, well, we can score at will, so do we need to put the effort in on that other end? And they had a huge lead, like you said, Lee. I mean, they, they were playing really, really well, and then they yeah. took their foot off the gas, and, and uh, Beal and the Wizards got back into it. But uh, it would be tough not to fall into that lull, I think, when you play some of these teams. I also have a question. Totally. For you guys and for everybody joining us on the stream team, has, has a guy scoring 50-plus in a game lost a little... 
like like um what's the word i'm looking for like it's like a little more lackluster i guess to you than it used to be or is that just me like i don't get as excited for even a 60 point game which is stupid it's like it's become so it's not common but it feels like it is a lot more common yeah i think it does because the scoring seems to be a lot easier right now and the three-point game has really changed things as yeah. well where so many people are just shooting now Beal, uh he, you know as like like you're saying the other day it's not like he had 12 threes or anything like that he uh he he scored a lot throughout the game in in all sorts of ways you know the two-pointers the three-pointers and he got to the free throw line but it's certainly and i think james harden sort of made it a lot easier for guys to score 50s and 60s because he seemed to do it regularly for like two or three seasons there mm-hmm. you know where he would mm-hmm. do that so um, and, and you, you know, you do get those random guys come up and, and drop the 50 still, which does happen. But it doesn't seem quite as challenging as it used to be uh, for guys to go out there and get those 50s. And, come um, on. Are you giving me a back in my day about scoring 50 <laughs> and 60? It's still awesome. The only thing that's a problem is everybody calls it a 50 burger nowadays. Mm. It's always a burger, a 40 burger, a 60 burger. There's other foods out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind how 50 burger sounds, but you're right. There should be something else food related for 40s and 60s <laughs> and 70s. I, I, I look at it like this, though. 60 now in today's game is like a 50, right? Like it, the, the, it had, the, the goalposts have changed a little bit. Like now when a guy scores 40, let's be honest, Trey, even you got to admit, like we don't really care all that much for like, oh, okay, there's like a couple guys that do it a night, it feels like. But so it's just like 50 is 40 and 60 is 50 and 76. Like it's just sort of moved in my opinion. And it's just, we have some unbelievable scores and yes, the defense is uh, sometimes not there and it's an easier game for an offensive player. I think in today's game, of course, than back in Lee Ellis's eighties days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it's incredible. It is. And, and that's why we, you know, we're leading with it in a loss. Uh, 60 is still 60. Yeah. It's a lot of points, but Poor Bradley Beal. <laughs> Another L. Yeah, I, like, I didn't check, but he's right. I remember a lot of these 50-plus games he's had. Well, they were in back-to-back, back, they were in back-to-back nights as well. That's it. Yeah. 53 and then 55 against the Bulls. And uh, I think it was the Pistons, maybe. Uh, yeah, two losses last That's season. Because right. I remember him sitting on the bench for that second one, just kind of like, you know, holy hell, man. When am I going to get a win here? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the same thing last night. I mean, like, again, you got to got to give credit to Philadelphia for the way they closed out the game. But... The bigger picture here for the Wizards uh, is uh, they're, they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere right now. So uh, mm-hmm. I hope Beal can find his way to a better team. Yeah, Maybe the only thing that, that Beal is piling up besides points is reactions where he looks super sad. You know, yep. we had the one where he got heckled in the hallway a couple of seasons back and he gave like the disturbed look at that. He's been like he had a, a layup against the Bulls where the ball just flung out of his hands. A, a good steering wheel that doesn't fly off when you're driving. He just flew out. The guy's ashamed of himself. Uh, it was the same last night. Something's got to change. I mean, yeah. Scotty Brooks, people are going to be talking about Scotty Brooks even more so uh, in the next couple of days because the Wizards, they upgraded their talent. They're paying a lot more this year, and it still just looks bad. It just still looks like the still exact else. same team. It looks like you're a lottery team. They were knocking on the door of the play-in tournament last year. They just weren't <laughs> able to make it because the bubble was a disaster. It's like, I don't know, maybe Bradley Beal should try on defense a little bit more. Maybe he should be the leader on that side of the ball. Somebody's got to do something on that end. I'm not a big defense guy, but even I'm saying this is you got to get oh, some yeah. stocks yeah. to win these games. Yeah. How many 50-point games can you have where the other team scores 175,000? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Beal wasn't the only one putting up monster numbers on Wednesday. Hornets forward Gordon Hayward went for a career-high 44. Ugh, 44. <laughs> in a win over the Hawks. <laughs> the Pistons' Jeremy Grant scored a career-best 31 in a loss to the Bucks, And good old Malcolm Brogdon continued his strong play. He scored a career-high 35 points in a victory over the Rockets. So some notable names there. I should note, Kobe White, also a career night for him in a loss. But I didn't include him here in this What You Got because he's just, he's so young. These other guys, you know, they've been around for a a minute here. So my cue is most surprising career high. Hayward, 44. Jeremy Grant, 31. Or Brogdon, 35. Which one surprised you most there, Trey? I guess I would have to say that Jeremy Grant is the most surprising just because he's not quite as established as Gordon Hayward or Malcolm Brogdon. Obviously, mm-hmm. Hayward was an all-star back uh, back in the day. Malcolm Brogdon has been kind of knocking on the door as well. Maybe he could get back there again. But Jeremy Grant was a guy who left the Nuggets to go to the Pistons to have some more responsibility. There's a great article up on The Athletic that you can read from James Edwards III where he talks about also wanting to play for a black coach in a black city. Mm-hmm. Really great stuff. Uh, but to see him showing out for the... For the Pistons, I think is pretty nice. You know, he had 31 last night. To me, the way his game looks as uh, 
a featured scorer is very similar to Pascal Siakam, but he does it more so with strength rather than speed. You know, Jeremy Grant's throwing his body around there. The Bucks obviously are a good defense. Unfortunately, the Pistons got totally smoked. They lost this yeah. by 15. It wasn't really close. So these are kind of empty stats. But if you're a Pistons fan, you got to at least be a little bit encouraged that Jeremy Grant's able to be getting buckets against one of the best defenses in the league. Nobody knew what he would be like as one of the top options on a team. Right now, he's at 24 a game, shooting 44% from the field. Not great, but all right. 34 from three. He's going to be an okay player. I don't know if he's going to be a featured offensive guy, but they're at least letting him stretch his wings a little bit here, and it worked out all right last night. Yeah, okay. Very surprising. Do you go with uh, Jeremy Grant, or is it like someone like Hayward? Like Maybe you're surprised, Lee, in the sense like, oh, that's his career high, you know? Gordon Hayward never dropped like 45 or 46 in a jazz uniform or something like that. What do you got? Well, well, the way that Gordon Hayward did it last night, he's almost like a Kyle Anderson that he's in slow-mo a lot of the time, it feels like. Like, he just gets the ball, he sort of just drifts around, then all of a sudden he stops, pops, and knocks mm-hmm. in shots. And uh, and that's what he was doing last night. Uh, I mean, again, bigger picture of this one. This is a bad loss here for the Hawks. They were, they were out of this one, I think, uh, a lot. But Gordon Hayward, yeah, it, it, it's good to see if he can keep up these sort of performances. Obviously not going for 44 every night, but this could give the Hornets uh, a little bit of a chance to at least get up into the beyond the playing tournament, you know, get into the playoffs because this is what they signed him for, to be the leader of that team. And last night he was just very good at picking his spots and picking his timing. Like he's not the sort of guy who goes out there and goes charging around trying to go crazy on offense, you know, getting inside to the paint and that. He just waits, he's patient. And when he's, uh, when the ball comes to him, he knocks down those shots. So the Hornets had, did a very good job with it. But um, yeah, I, I would have to say, I guess, overall, Jeremy Grant went to Detroit because he wanted a bigger role and a bigger opportunity as well. And he's really fulfilling that because he's actually fun to watch. There's not a lot of fun guys to watch on that Pistons team, but he is fun. And, and he was great in Denver. I love watching him last year uh, with the Denver Nuggets. So he's uh, he's gone there. He's gone to a lesser team with uh, lesser hope, but he's actually really fulfilling his role. He, he's, hey, most improved player right now. He's certainly in that conversation, I would have yeah. to say. Um, but obviously more than that, he just wants to go to a situation where he's given more responsibility. He got paid the big bucks to do that. And now he's fulfilling it. So, uh, you know, I think the answer to the question, I would certainly say, is Jeremy Grant. Yeah, he's like the opposite of Bradley Beal now that I think of it, (laughs) Jeremy Grant. He's like, nah, nah, the conference finals, all these wins, yeah, not for me. I'd rather try and score 60 points. Let me start with 30. Let me get to the Detroit Pistons. I won't get a lot of victories, but who cares? Uh, They should have been traded for each other. That would have been really good. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with Hayward, though, because it it was just a little shocking to me. And then I have two little notes to add to it as well. One, Gordon Hayward said it was a true career high. And what does he mean by that? He says it's the most points he had scored at any level. He never scored 40 in a high school game. Wow. I scored 40 in a high school game. (laughs) I'm better than Gordon Hayward? Write the story. Um, That's just crazy to me. That's, That's wild if that is true. And I don't know why it wouldn't be. I don't know why he'd be lying about that. But my other favorite part. James Borrego, he said after the game, talking about Hayward making 15 to 25 shots, I was proud of Gordy. Gordy! <laughs> Calls him Gordy. That's news to me. I, I like Gordo, but he went with Gordy. That's very Australian. Like, yeah, had the Y there. So there you go. So shocking that uh, mm. Hayward had not scored over 44 in an NBA game. That was a little surprising to me. I was like, again, like I just thought there was a jazz game area where he exploded, but uh, more surprising, he didn't do it in high school. Yeah. That's that's I mean, astonishing. Yeah, what was yeah. going on? He was probably passing too much, to be honest. That's, what, guess, it, it was, nice. that's what it had to be. Maybe he was on fire and he's like, I, I got to get some of these guys involved. Got to see what Carl's doing over there in the corner. He likes to touch <laughs> the ball or he's going to be mad at me at lunch the next day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but Hayward... Yeah, like Lee's saying, Hayward was awesome, man. He was uh, exactly what the Hornets needed. He was making big man plays. Like, he was their role man a little bit, making plays from the short roll. He was catching and shooting. He was making ball handling plays. He was cutting on the baseline. He was kind of doing everything for the Hornets last night. It's a lot of money for him, but they got the money to burn. They don't have a lot of high-value assets on their teams right now, so let Gordon Hayward cook. Yeah, and like you said, uh, compared him to Kyle Anderson there, Lee, like that slow-mo vibes to him for sure. I've made the crazy comparison before on this podcast that I see in one particular move that Hayward does, LeBron-like qualities, that that slow, methodical sort of... They're very strong. I mean, Gordon Hayward is a tank. He really is. He's a strong dude. 
where he just sort of like gets too into the paint there is like and the guy just bounces off them like lebron and it's just like I, I i don't know how else to describe it it's just so similar to me that particular skill set or shot that they both have it's the um, deliberate move i think yeah it's, you know like you know he's going to his spot and he's going to get there and he's going to get that shot off that, yeah. that, that, and that's again that's what i saw last Strength night from too. him yeah, yeah like he was in control of his game last night he's very patient with it uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's good to see and uh, you know, the result was there for them as well because 44 kind of quiet points in a pretty good win for them, really. Yeah, a really good win. Like you said, uh, putting the Hawks back to 500, I believe. And Malcolm Brogdon, let's just show him some love. I mean, this happening is 35. Uh, he had a big shot late in this one too. He had just hit the game winner, you know, the game prior. Um, this guy, I think right now, I remember we uh, threw it out there, Trey. Like, we were like, are the Pacers possibly going to have two All-Stars? Like, it, right now, I, I absolutely think the answer is yes. I think it would be Sabonis and Brogdon rightfully making a team with the record the Pacers have and without with some of the other guys in the conference struggling or not living up to their uh, potential yet. So, yeah. And then Oladipo's played well. I think Brogdon's ahead of him, though, even in the pecking order right now. Yeah, feels like the same discussion we had yep. with the Pacers last year. Who's going to be their all-star? Is it Brogdon? Is it Sabonis? It feels like it's been changing the first... Uh week and a half of the season it was Sabonis he was averaging a triple double now it's been Brogdon hit the game winner had a career high as well like you're saying last night the two of them I think it's very funny that they're um, both always in the mix for an all-star bid because they're such great uh, analogies to each other really because they both do everything from their Mm -hmm. position that you expect right like they both play defense they both can create from the outside they can score inside they can both play away from the ball they can have the ball in their hands they're great uh, pick and roll partners, great dribble handoff partners, which is why once the two of them got together in Indiana last season, both of their games really took off because they're both such high IQ players. It feels like they make the right play all the time and they're able to make the play that's necessary all the time. It'll probably go back and forth between these two up until the all-star break, but maybe this is the year the Pacers get to. Yeah, maybe. And I think it's crazy too that when you look at the Pacers, you talk about like their best players, there's no doubt like a couple of years ago, you're looking at the Pacers roster and going, well, it's it's going to be Oladipo is going to be their best player. And he was until the injury. And then Miles Turner, I think a lot of people would have had like right there with Oladipo. But instead, again, easy case we made. Those guys are the third and fourth best player on this team with Sabonis mm-hmm. and Brogdon the way they're playing, Lee. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've had the talent there. But uh, I think with Miles Turner, for example, he had eight blocks last night. Defensively, he was actually very good. Oh, he's but, doing his th- He's doing all the things he should be doing. He doesn't yeah. don't need to be worrying about scoring 25 again. Yeah. Yeah. But but he also hasn't really lived up to his offensive potential at times. I think that's the one of the problems with Miles Turner because he, uh, he can hit that three, but he's also sometimes just goes missing. But the thing with Brogdon, yeah, I mean, they got him from Milwaukee. They paid him the big bucks. A lot of people wondered if they overpaid for him. But I think you're seeing you're getting pretty good value on him right now. He's a very steady hand. Uh, and uh, that's, I think, something that Milwaukee has missed as well, him not being there. And, of course, Sabonis and Oladipo came over in the Paul George trade, which seems like that was about 10 years ago now. Uh, <laughs> so the Pacers got very, very good value when you look at that. Uh, Sabonis, like we've said a lot, he's a very, very consistent, solid, strong guy. Knows how to score inside. Very rarely does he sort of get beaten when he's inside because he can use those gigantic shoulders and arms to uh, create space for himself and just go with some dinkers and dumpers inside. It's, it's very good. But he also spreads the floor. He's a good passer. Yeah. They just play good team basketball. They're third in the East right now, the Indiana Pacers. They're 6-2, and two and they, uh, I mean, we, we just always overlook them coming into the season. You look at that roster and you think they don't have that, you know, one sort of superstar who can go out there and get you 45 or 50 points, but they're very well balanced. And uh, I think that's the key to Indiana. They've just been like that for so many years. You know, they're, they're good defensively, they're good offensively, and you just kind of overlook them because you're like, you sort of think, well, other teams with better talent should be able to beat this team, but uh, that's not the case with them. Got some sad what you got options here in this next one. Magic guard Markel Fultz suffered a season-ending torn ACL last night. Uh, less than five minutes into the game, Fultz driving in there, cut off by Okoro, and his left knee, Fultz's left knee buckled without contact. That's a tough loss. And then meanwhile, the Pistons announced yesterday that rookie point guard Killian Hayes is out indefinitely after suffering a torn labrum um, in his right hip earlier in the week. He didn't play in last night's game versus the Bucks. So more heartbreaking injury. Fultz's ACL or uh, rookie Killian Hayes torn hip. What you got, Trey? Well, I mean, the answer is both, but the answer is also Markel Fultz because just the, the way his career has gone. Obviously, he was the number one draft pick his rookie year. Still a mystery what happened. He had to remake his body, had to remake his game, 
and he did it. Like, he became a solid starting point guard for the Magic last season. 12 points a game, five assists. He shot 73% from the free throw line, which is a huge improvement Mm -hmm. considering it seemed like he would never take a shot in the NBA for a long time. He was able to be a solid starter for the Magic, and now... Uh, after having recreated his career, he's going to have to start over again. The good part is that he's still young, man. He's still only 22 years old. He'll obviously be 23, knocking on the door at 24 when he comes back to the Magic next season. But uh, it's just tough. You know, the Magic are already missing Michael Carter-Williams as well, another ball handler. They don't have a lot of ball handling to begin with. It's going to be the Cole Anthony show, which I'm kind of okay with. A little more Terrence Ross as well. But just uh, just a bummer for Markel Fultz who has been able to turn around his career. No doubt about it. He could have easily been out of the league, but teams were definitely going to give him a chance. The Magic did. It's paid off so far. Hopefully he's able to get back and become a contributor again. Yeah, he was playing even better than he was last year, I think uh, you would agree with that, Lee. And he did get paid. I mean, he got the three-year $50 million extension uh, last month. Um, they believed in him that he can you know, be a solid, solid point guard in this league. This sucks for Magic fans. This is the second starter now star player really on your team one of them that's out with an acl tear because they're already missing uh jonathan isaac from the same mm-hmm. 2017 draft um yeah. him being sidelined when with the same injury so yeah i assume you're going faults with this one too yeah this is one of those ones that uh when you when you see this news coming through and they pretty quickly diagnose a torn acl you're just like oh my god like how many more sort of setbacks can this guy face before yeah. he can get out there and play again um and he was he was starting to play well i think very comfortable in that role comfortable in that situation too in orlando there wasn't the same uh, attention on him as he faced when he was in philadelphia i mean number one picks always get it no matter where they are but he was down there he was starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in his role and playing some good basketball too some nice highlights of his were out there and uh now that he's going to be gone for at least this season uh is really bad killian hayes i mean the rookie it's 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 obviously very sad for him too but uh, that injury, again, we haven't had a timetable on it, but you expect he'll be back certainly mm-hmm. before Markel Fultz will be. So, uh, yeah, all the best to Markel. Hope he can come back and, uh, and uh, resurrect his career again. Yeah. Do you believe that the Magic can continue their hot start here with Cole Anthony, a rookie point guard, getting obviously a majority of these point guard minutes? Uh, I, I would say no, um, because it is tough for a rookie to sort of go into that situation and live up to the, the, the expectations. But he has shown some highlights and shown some uh, some pretty good, um, you know, he, he's comfortable on the mm-hmm. team. But now the expectation, the minutes, the role, the attention he's going to get is just going to be so much bigger. So I do expect the Magic to drop off a, a little bit, but uh, they've surprised me so far with their start. They've been they've been good. Just a, a, a team that's sort of flying under the radar, a little bit like the Indiana Pacers. So maybe they benefit a little bit from teams overlooking them, perhaps. You know, mm-hmm. that, that might be one of those situations. So, But uh, I think, I mean, Cole Anthony certainly, uh, for, for a lot of rookies, hasn't looked overwhelmed in the, in the minutes that he's played so far. Trey, do you agree with that? Do you think the Magic... I mean, I don't know even who they would go and possibly try and get. They're going to get some, like, uh, disabled player exceptions here, I assume. They'll, they'll have some money to work with. Uh, but I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that you're plugging in there, at least in a backup position. But what do you think? It's going to be tough. Uh, Cole Anthony, I like him as a player. He looks uh, like he's going to be exciting, but like you're saying, he's a rookie. He's shooting some pretty abysmal percentages right yeah. now, and now he's going to be in an even bigger role. But maybe this is a chance for Aaron Gordon to step in and be the playmaker that he's thought he is throughout his career. They've been multiple times in his Orlando career where he's kind of been the premier creator out there from the perimeter. He fancies himself a point forward at times. Mm-hmm. They're going to need that now. They're going to need somebody to create because Terrence Ross, I like watching him play. He's a really good six man. He can get some buckets, but they need somebody who can make plays for others because Vucevic, more of a finisher than a creator as well. So they got to figure out a way to get the most out of Aaron Gordon right now with Mark Fultz going down. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of people might be selling Orlando Magic stock and not just because <laughs> of the Fultz injury, but they've had a pretty easy schedule. They're six and two, which is which is awesome. They beat the Heat. In their opening game, okay, nice, quality win. Then they played the Wizards twice, got both victories there. They beat OKC, all right, twice. Excuse me, no, they played them twice, did lose once. And then they played the Cavs twice and beat them twice. So really, we're looking at, like, the Wizards, the Cavs, and the Thunder. They played six combined times. Um, they had they lost to Philly in the mix there, too. So, yeah, the, the schedule's obviously going to get a little more difficult. And we'll, we'll see if the Magic can continue their winning ways. Like one of these teams, like Lee Ellis's team. But first, the Celtics rookie Peyton Pritchard's put back with two-tenths of a second 
capped a wild finish. The Celtics held on to beat the Heat 107-105. Meanwhile, in the garden, Austin Rivers scored 23 points, including 14 straight for the Knicks down the stretch. Lee says New York Knicks, as they won their third straight, they beat the Jazz 112-100. New York is 5-3. So, well, what you got for you and everyone in the stream team and listening? Wednesday night's bigger hero. Is it Pritchard? Son of a Pritchard man? Or is it Austin <laughs> Rivers? What it's you got, Lee? Gotta be Austin Rivers. Did you see him just cooking the Jazz there? The score was tied at like 96 with four minutes to go. And then Austin Rivers just took over like he was Michael Jordan in the garden there. Hitting those step back threes, <laughs> dancing around Rudy Gobert, and then talking trash as well. That's what I like about Austin Rivers. Like He's a sort of guy who went to this situation, talked about this the other day, and he was like, listen... You know, the Knicks have been a bit of a joke, but we're here to work hard. We're here to be professional. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's backing up his words by going out there and leading that team. He's playing hard on defense. And then when the situation is there, he did not shy away from it last night. He wanted that moment and he backed it up by hitting those four threes. And it was just incredible to watch. And then just uh, he was getting the chest bumps from his teammates. He was talking trash because the Jazz, this was an important game for them to bounce back after their awful performance against the Nets. And they did in the first half. They looked like they were in control of this game. And then it came down to money time and Austin stepped up and he just uh, took over this performance. This was incredible to watch. I love watching it. I love watching the garden, even though there was no fans there. But Austin Rivers on that big stage delivered and it was incredible. Yeah, this is where I'm pissed off. This is where I hate COVID because I would love to be experiencing this with MSG packed full of Knicks fans and Austin Rivers hitting four threes in the final four minutes. The place would be going insane. So I, I'm <laughs> upset that we're robbed of that. <laughs> The Knicks bench was going crazy. I know, they're, they're, they're doing their part, but can you imagine yeah. MSG? And oh, like yeah. What's going on right now with Randall and Quickly and, and <laughs> Austin Rivers? But uh, yeah, he was he was a hero on Wednesday night. Can you make a case for Pritchard, uh, TK? No! No way! It was definitely Austin Rivers. The Knicks are 3-1 and one since Austin Rivers came back. He's been clutch. He's the sixth man of the year right now, I think mm. you would say. I wouldn't be surprised if they hang a number eight jersey in the rafters at MSG once fans are allowed back. You got... Austin Rivers, you got J.R. Smith, you got Latrell Sprewell, Ooh. Robin Lopez, Mario Hazonia. We're talking <laughs> Knicks legends, legends here. The guy's been incredible. They need somebody to play with the ball in his hands, and he's been able to do it. Randall as well has been great. As for the Bean Town Boys last night, it was more like the Board Town Boys. This game was all about the offensive rebound skeets. Yep. Peyton Pritchard obviously had the big tip to win things at the end there, but also Jason Tatum had a tip right at the end of the buzzer at the end of the third quarter. Daniel Tice had a big tip in with a minute left. Bam Adebayo had a big offensive rebound that he kicked out to Goran Dragic for a three with 13 seconds left. If you're a fan of rebound highlights, you got to go back and watch this game. Go back and watch this. Yeah, Pritchard is sneaking in there and beating the buzzer. I mean, it's well played. Uh, they, you know, I can't, they, they nearly blew that one, the Celtics. Oh, I know. With like a minute 10 to go. It was a uh, weird game, that one. Yeah. Very, very weird game. But the uh, Celtics held on, got the victory. And the Heat, yeah, Heat are... Uh, you know, not doing well in the standings right now. They can't like they can't string together victories. I think they've alternated wins and losses uh, all season long. Someone will have to fact check me on that, but I don't think they've got a winning streak uh, put together yet. Although a streak is three in a row, didn't we confirm that once? <laughs> two doesn't count, I think. But even in their case, they don't have two in a row. Yeah, you're exactly right. Skeets lost the first game of the season, and then it's been a switch, 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 yeah, switch boom, every boom, time boom. back. And guess what? They got the Wizards on Saturday, so it mm. will likely continue to be the alternating switch-ups. So, and Beal will go for 50 in a loss, but uh, the Heat will win. That'll probably be how it goes. All right, that's a little what you got. Again, let's hear your answers. Tweet at us at no dinks. No dunks. No dinks. No dunks, Inc. I've done that before. Or let us know in the stream team. Speaking of dinks, streaming. Uh, let's take a break, though. Uh, we will address some other games looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside 
to learn more. I heard um, Penn and Teller also had a 100% uh, happiness guarantee. Tass got his money back uh, <laughs> that night. Who wasn't that excited about the show? Gary, I guess, got his money back. I don't know if Gary gave it to Tass, but I don't know how that works. Um, do you think Penn and Teller like each other? Well, one uh, of the guys doesn't even speak, does he? So they can't really fight with each other. <laughs> nailed point. it. Nailed it. I thought I saw something once, like a headline that they were fighting or something. <laughs> but I, have no, I don't even know if I just made that up. But uh, I, have, I may have dreamt that now that I think about it. Uh, but what do you think? you think they've ever fought TK? Uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, which one talks? Which is the one that actually talks? Pen and talker? I don't pen. know. Which pen, pen, talks. Pen, pen, pen which talks. Is our, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I can see it going either way, to be honest with you. Pen being mad that Teller won't shut up or Teller being like, come on, man, give me something here. For <laughs> once in our career, talk to me. Uh, mm. Surely they've fought, but you would never know it. I just Googled, do they get along? And it basically the one quote is, we have never had a cuddly friendship. It was oh. a very cold, calculated relationship where we thought we would do stuff together then we we do stuff better together than we do stuff separately. So I don't think they actually get along. Wow. So they just go out there, kill it on the magic show, and then see you later. Peace out. Disappear. <laughs> oh. It's it's hard to believe because at some points, Penn is whole, like aiming a gun at Teller's <laughs> head. I mean. Yeah. <sighs> you know, okay. One thing I found, found was funny about their show is they, they sort of keep reminding us that like, it's magic, okay? So it's a trick. You're not seeing what you think you're seeing. Yeah. You know, almost like yeah. blowing the cover on his whole scheme there, you know? Like, say, like, we're tricking you, okay? So this is not actually magic. We don't actually have, like, you know, like when he does his, like, um, he puts his hands in the fish tank and all of a sudden, like, 20 fish come out. He's like, it's not real, okay? It's a trick. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's... They had another television show where they did exactly that, and they show yeah. you... They showed you, like, how the trick was happening or like magicians would come on and try and stump them yeah that's that's the one that's foolish that's you're yeah. talking about oh, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was called yeah. okay there's a guy right he's, he's got the cube like this i've still got it yeah because once you get hold of it you can't let go of it and he throws it like like oh anyway he throws it over his shoulder and he tries throwing it behind his back and yeah and he it. catches it and it's solved and it's like wow that's incredible you know right you couldn't even do the trick of throwing it over your shoulder from behind <laughs> No, I've lost it somehow. Hang on, hang on. It's here. <laughs> oh, if he picks it up and it's solved, this is going to be Oh, amazing. this is going to be awesome. This is going to be incredible. Pick it up. Come on, show us. <laughs> Whoa. <Yeah. laughs> See? It's a trick. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the trick. <laughs> Him just catching it is the trick. And, and it, no, one, no, no one's too distracted. Everyone's too distracted to know that it's not solved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay well we've uh, discussed a ton of the games already from last night but there were 11 on and there's some other ones i know you guys want to uh, quickly address so you know it's as simple as that trey is there another game from last night that you had your eye on or you had a big takeaway from oh you know it skeets the unstoppable zara was very short-lived <laughs> hate to say it huge games for zach levine and kobe white against the kings last night uh kobe like you mentioned had a career high if i'm not mistaken yep. Uh, what do you end up with? 36? I'm trying to yeah, pull this stats right here. 36 for Kobe White, 32 for Zach Levine. They were both great, but the defense for the Bulls was not good enough. De'Aaron Fox went out early in this game. Buddy Heald was struggling. This was right before uh, a doubleheader the Bulls are going to have against both of the Los Angeles teams, but they just couldn't get enough stops, basically at the point of impact. Tyrese Halliburton was incredible. 15 points. In the fourth quarter, making every single play. He looked like the fastest guy out there. He looked like the smartest guy out there. He hit a huge three from the corner uh, to really ice this game for the Kings. But it wasn't just Tyrese Halliburton. Harrison Barnes was cooking Otto Porter on the regular last night, just off the dribble. Couple of pounds straight to the hoop, and then he's either dishing it or scoring it at the bucket. A great start to the season for Harrison Barnes. And then Rashawn Holmes and Sunbags, Marvin Bagley the third, were both pretty <laughs> solid last night. You know, Marvin Bagley ended up with 12 rebounds. Rashawn Holmes ended up with 24 points. Their effort, their energy was a game changer for the mm. Kings. They looked really good last night. The Bulls, I thought, played hard. They played good enough to win, but they weren't able to pull it out because the Kings were just 
a little bit better. There was no defense from Zach and Kobe, despite the fact that, that they were scoring offensively, and that was the problem. The bigs, uh, the bigs were taking a lot of blame last night for the Bulls playing their drop coverage, but I thought, like Billy Donovan said, it was more so on Zach Levine, Kobe White, and the other perimeter players not being able to keep the Kings out of the lane. Yeah, which is crazy, like you said, with Fox going out in this one. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can understand struggling with Fox uh, trying to stay in front of him, but you're right, he leaves and they still can't stop anybody out there on the perimeter. Halliburton, my God. I mean, you can understand why everyone was confused why this guy slipped now. Like, there's a lot of teams ahead of them. I was uh, like, he couldn't uh, have stayed out for one more game, buddy? Come on. Oh, we were talking about him being hurt last year, but he, or uh, yesterday, yeah. he looked like the rookie of the year yesterday. That, he was the best player on the court in the fourth quarter, I thought. And, you know, that was a guy that the Bulls were mocked to be taken, too. Uh, yeah. Patrick Williams, not a great game. Patrick Williams has been pretty solid this season. I do like his future. Maybe he's another Thaddeus Young. Maybe he gets even better than that. But uh, Halliburton, he was balling. Yeah, 15 points, 6 of 7 shooting, 4 boards, 2 steals, a block, and an assist, and no turnovers in the quarter. In the fourth quarter. I mean, it's crazy. Sorry, go ahead, Lee. Well, the question is how the King's going to mess it up then with uh, with Halliburton out there. Because <laughs> it's like they, these things don't usually fall into their lap. You know, they, they're the right. ones who usually, uh, you know, blow it somehow or keep him on the bench and he can't get out of there or they trade him away and he stars somewhere. So... Maybe they'll get this one right. Who knows? Oh, I would hope so. They're 4-2 and two when he plays and 0-2 oh right now when he's out. And, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit on Beach Steppen, actually. Uh, early Rookie of the Year front runners, and we talked about Wiseman and Edwards and Ball and a couple of the other guys. And, you know, we said Halliburton would probably be, maybe be at the top of the list if he hadn't missed some of these games. And at the end of it all, if you miss a handful of games, it's not going to matter. I mean, you can still win Rookie of the Year, of course. Uh, you know, missing five, ten games. Heck, Dwell and Bean almost won it. Uh, missing, <laughs> like, what, 40 games or something yeah. like that. 50 games. Uh, you got close. But Halliburton might be a Brogdon-like guy where it's just like, this guy just does everything. This guy's just solid as a rock. Because he's instrumental right now in King's victories. He makes them a lot more totally. fun to watch, too. Holy crap. So great, great victory there from the Kings. Tough loss for your uh, unstoppables, who are stoppable, it turns out. Uh, and yeah, two uh, tough games coming up here now with uh, both LA. Hopefully they just sort of like don't care. Maybe the Lakers will get bit in the butt here. Oh, the Bulls are going to get one in LA. You think so? Their own team. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, Lee, was there another game that we haven't touched on that you wanted to address? Well, I'm going to the New Orleans-Oklahoma City game. Uh, now the Pels lost this one, but I really just want to address the fact that Steven Adams registered a triple-double last night with five field goal attempts. It was the classic Jason Kidd triple-double. 10 points, 10 assists, 11 rebounds. Wow. Now, I'm going to have a little bit of fun here with my New Zealand uh, friends and say I think this might be the greatest sporting achievement in New Zealand's history. <laughs> <laughs> because we used to poke fun at uh, at Kiwis because uh, their highest-paid athlete used to be Tiger Woods caddy, Steve Williams. I don't know if you remember their old Steve Williams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, Stephen Adams has probably overtaken him in career earnings now because he's kind of that big uh, big couple of deals there. But, uh, I mean, we talk about unlikely guys to go for 50. What sort of... How, how deep would we have had to have gone to pick Stephen Adams <laughs> to for register a triple-double? Triple I mean... You know, you talk about, like, do we do we overlook 50-point games as well? It's like, ah, oh, they're not that special anymore. Well, what about a Stephen Adams triple-double? I mean, who, who's... Uh, I can't think of anyone more unlikely in NBA history who's got uh, who's registered a triple-double. Sometimes at the oh. end of the season... Well, sometimes at the end of the season, you know, those those games that are just garbage games, some guy will come out and do it when no one's really paying attention. Yeah, Ben Uzo. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but that was, that, that was like game 75 yeah. of the season or whatever. This was, was like, you know, you know, in a game... It was so close, and the Pelicans uh, lose there by a point. So uh, I, I just, I mean, that was just an incredible achievement there from uh, from Steve. His career high, I think, in assists prior to this game was six. That's right. I just looked it up. He had yeah. a, he had a game last year where he had six assists, um, but prior to that, it was always yeah five or four or even three when he was. <laughs> and it was the points that he got last as well of right. that triple double. You know, he had the eight because if he'd got, if he'd finished two points or a point short of a triple double, that would have just been. Just, just devastating there. But, uh, yeah, crazy stuff there, crazy stuff. I'm sure a few of my New Zealand friends will start saying, eh, what are you talking about? Let yeah, I, I, I was going to say, are there other notable, you know, uh, Kiwi uh, athletes who have had success? Well, they're, they're, their biggest uh, sporting uh, accomplishment is winning the Rugby Union World right. Cup, which they've won a couple of times. They've also choked a couple of times as well oh, and blown geez. it. But, you just uh, can't help yourself. And they've, <laughs> and they've won the America's Cup, you know, the yachting 
Uh, does anyone really care about that? Not really. Australia won it in 1983. Oh, yeah, you uh, care when they won it, yes. <laughs> yeah, we haven't won it since, I don't think, so no one cares. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that was always so funny how the, the highest-paid New Zealand athlete was Tiger Woods' caddy. <laughs> Do you consider a caddy an athlete? <laughs> well, that's, I know that's, it's part that's, of the joke, but yeah, those bags are heavy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was just starting to think about it. I was like, why not? <laughs> um, oh, wow. Okay, learning some things here. Uh, yeah, you're going to hear from the Kiwis for sure, but huge game ah, from yeah, Adams. In it. the loss, that was a crazy ending to that one, too. Some pretty yeah. controversial calls, and that uh, was a weird weird victory for OKC in the end. But that was, a, I guess that was a Steven Adams revenge game, right? Yeah, in some ways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure, the revenge triple-double. All right. Well, I'm glad we snuck those in there. We also snuck in a couple wedgies last night, guys. Yeah, two more. First one, Heat Celtics. We had a precious wedgie. Oh, man. Precious. Precious. A little block wedgie. And then later on, it was the Wizards-Sixers game. And it's Bradley Beal. Yeah, not only does the guy go for 60, he also sticks a wedgie uh, early in the third quarter. So we are up to six on this season. Not, not a bad, bad little start. Not a bad little start. How many uh, How many weeks in are we in? Two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, this this is the third week. People yesterday on Twitter were saying 2021 year of the wedgie. Maybe they're back. I think so. I think so. And uh, I think Tass said it on uh, what you need to know. Schumann can fact check this, but Bradley Beal's got to be the first player in NBA history to go for 60 and stick a wedgie in the same game. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. It would have been great when he said, like, I'm mad. I'm pissed off. We lost. But you know what? I did get a wedgie, so I'm not that mad. That would have been worse. That would have been incredible. So, uh, yeah, we're up to six. So uh, keep sending uh, us in wedgies that we may not miss. I know you guys are doing a fantastic job on Instagram and Twitter. Just at NoDunksInc, and it really helps. You, of course, let us know what game it happened, but give us a time frame, like when in the third quarter, when in the second quarter, whenever, so we can easily find it and get it up, just in case we're not watching that particular game. All right, we got to take one more break, but we still got Tweet of the Night. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors Row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash no dunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash no dunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Lee, you have the honor for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. 
What do you got, Lily? So I have a tweet uh, that's accompanied by a video here, and it came from uh, Josh Kern last night. Okay. Uh, and here's the video before the Raptors and the Suns game. And uh, it's Fred Van Vliet and uh, Stanley Johnson having a little wager. Now, Fred from half court knocks wow. it in. And look at Pascal comes over here to sort of congratulate. Now, look at Fred. Look at Fred doing the cash counting thing. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think they're betting on something like that? I mean, you're taking a thousand bucks, five thousand bucks, a hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. My, my gut. My gut says a hundred bucks. I mean, thousand bucks. I mean, yeah, Fred, much is, it's from half court. I mean, that's not a, He's going to hit that, I don't know what, three out of ten times, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like uh, Fred's got paid, so he's got money to burn these days. So maybe he's like, all right, Stanley. Stanley doesn't earn as much. It's like, here's a chance to uh, add your salary a little bit here. Maybe let's just have five grand. But I just, I just love the way that Fred just stood there like that. Really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, see, it could have been one of those situations where you just go, you know, a uh, hundred bucks if I make it. And then the guy just says, yeah, like not thinking he's going to make it. Like there's no like, uh, if I miss, I also give you a hundred dollars. Right, you know, right, sometimes right. get that. That's eh, possible. But uh, wow, what a shot. What a shot yeah. from Van Vliet. Eh, Raptors lost too. We didn't even address that. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they played it's... better. They played better, but the Suns couldn't miss from three. They hit a ton of threes. But uh, what, what do you think the bet was there, TK? Uh, I'm guessing over a thousand dollars, 2,500 maybe. I mean... You're right, Lee. Stanley Johnson doesn't make a lot compared to Fred Van Vliet, but he makes $3.8 million this year. Betting 1000 bucks is nothing, and they're going to put something on the line. It's not going to be just a, hey, if you make it, I'll pay you. If not, we'll let it slide. <laughs> Come on, man. These guys are yeah. competitive. Of course, Fred Van Vliet's out there trying to make it tough on Stanley Johnson, trying to make Stanley Johnson think, am I going to be able to buy Chipotle after this? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, he will be able to, but... Uh, Fred Shirley is betting on himself. Literally, that's his slogan, yep. right? Bet on yourself. Yeah. I'm going to make this from half court, and then you're going to pay me. You don't want to go against Fred Van Vliet in a contest like that. He wears 23. He's from Illinois. You know how it goes. Mm. Thousand mm. bucks. Yeah, you guys are talking me into it now. I mean, because I'm like thinking, yeah, a thousand bucks to them is like a hundred bucks to everybody else. <laughs> like maybe actually not even. Ten so. bucks, yeah. Yeah, right. But it's uh, also it's from also... Robbie Griffey on the stream team who says, Gary Payton bet Brent Barry a grand to do a dance in the three-point contest. <laughs> and that was 30 years ago, 20 yeah. years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say there? Well, like? it's the brag and the flex more so than the money, I think, isn't it? Just like, yeah, I told you. I told you I was going to knock this in and now i'm just gonna like rub it into your face here by uh by celebrating dancing it up oh i mean anytime i play cards or any sort of board game and there's a little bit of money on the line it's not i'm not pumped to win the ten dollars from my buddy grish i'm just pumped because i beat my buddy grish he's not gonna hear the end of it yeah it's like (laughs) the money makes it a little more exciting but it's like we just keep handing back the same ten twenty dollars it just makes it a little bit more fun but it's yeah it's beating your uh, your friend or your teammate and something like that well lee here's the question for you then how much how much would you bet on yourself to hit that shot that van vliet hit right there like you and i right now like you threw yeah. it out there what would what, what would you say what could i afford to lose versus how much would be worth that victory i, I would go Against you, I would say a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll take that bet. All right. You get one shot to hit that. Hundred. I'll take that bet any day of the week. All right. Hell of a shot. I mean, I, I wouldn't even be upset if you hit it. I'll give you two hundred dollars. There you go. I'll give you odds. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Regulation size court. We're not playing your little <laughs> rinky dinky backyard uh, uh, court. Honestly, it's easy though on a regular size hoop. Because that rinky-dink thing that I've got, oh, man, it's, uh, it doesn't give you any favors. If you don't switch really? it. Really? You don't have one of those ones that you just hit the backboard anywhere and that thing well, will die and yeah, go Yeah, I, I guess it does sort of, uh, when it hits a backboard, it, it sort of just stops dead there. But uh, hitting the rim, it just clunks off unless, you, <laughs> unless you're swishing it, basically. So. All right. You got mesh on your net? You got mesh, right? Oh, yeah. Of course. Stupid boss. Yeah. Well, I, you, you take so many shots, I thought that mesh would be, like, all frayed <laughs> and hanging off by now. I don't know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's no, fine. It's great, but I can't shoot on a on a meshless uh, on a meshless hoop. I I, I I hate playing outside basketball, outdoor, indoor basketball as well without a net. It's yeah. just you can't play. Well, that's the de- that's the debate we you know you see going around Instagram or Twitter every once in a while. What's worse, double rim or the hoop with no uh, no mesh on it? No mesh for sure. I, I still suck. can't believe since we moved here to Atlanta, the outdoor courts have mesh nets. Like right. anywhere else I've played in the world, 
they put up the net once and once it breaks that's it no one yeah. ever replaces it but here uh, you know where you play where well, you guys have played up there at Underwood a few times yeah. when it breaks even when it's only got like one or two of those strings have broken they replace the whole thing which is that's awesome I mean that's what you want that's what you want your tax dollars to go to <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Unfortunately, we have no rims up right no. now in, the, in in most places in this city, which fair enough. But uh, yeah, what, what's the answer for that one, TK? Double rims or no mesh? What what would you prefer to play on? I I would prefer to play on double rims. I, I, yeah. I hate playing like Lee on a on a rim with no net because. When you're playing with me, I'm not worried about the outside jumper anyways. I'm going to be bricking away from outside regardless. So I'd rather I'd rather at least know it goes in when I'm shooting a layup yeah. inside. You know, I'm shooting shots from four to six feet away, not 24 to six like my mate Lee out there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear from you guys with that one. I always love that question. Double rims suck, too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. I, I hate playing on a net with no mesh, too. But, God, sometimes, like, you show up at that court and you're like, oh, no. It just, like, makes for the longest games ever, man. It's like the double rims is not kind when there's already a little wind outside whatever weird ball you're playing with ooh can be some long games out there it's not just the double rim that's the problem too it's when they have the double rim it's always on a metal backboard yes. right so yes. there's there's like no touch i'm a guy who uses the glass a lot uh, and when the glass is made of metal that thing rockets off yeah. there and then you're trying to make it into that double rim. What a bag of beans. Yeah, yeah. You, those those are so bad sometimes. You're like, if you're on a fast break layup, like, don't even go off the glass. Like, just lay it up over the rim, over the double rim if you can. Because you're right. That thing just skyrockets off that thing. All right. Tonight's, uh, well, before tonight's pick, I'm pick them results from last night just quickly. I was the only one to take the Clippers to win by five or more. They pulled it out. Mm-hmm. LAC gets the victory for me. I'm five and four. Everybody else took the Warriors to cover the uh, somewhat small spread. They nearly did, but they didn't. So that's a loss for Lee and Trey and Tass. Tass and Lee, four and five. Trey, you're three and six. Again, I'm five and four. Tonight's pick'em game, Philly, Nets. Of course, no KD. We'll see what Philly does uh, with some of their guys in a back-to-back situation. Philly's favored by two and a half. On the road. Take that into account. Um, I'll go first. I'm taking Philly. Uh, I'm going to keep running with this team. Uh, Looking damn good. Um... Yeah, well, I'm excited to see uh, if both are playing. Jared Allen versus Joel Embiid could be a nice little matchup inside with those two bigs. But I'll, I'll go Philly to keep up this hot streak, this hot start, uh, to cover or win by three or more. Who do you got, Lee? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Philly as well. This is the first real tough sort of potential game for them, even though Kevin Durant isn't out because uh, Kyrie Irving can still go out there and get it for you. But little concerned about the uh, Nets defense. So mm-hmm. I think Philadelphia has got enough, even though, as you say, back-to-back, I wonder if everyone will play uh, yeah, I think lowered. that's enough, though. I still, I still believe a little more in Philadelphia right now. Trey, I'm going with the Sixers as well. They are playing pretty well right now. Uh, Tobias Harris also is playing well. So even if somebody like Embiid sits, Doc Rivers has done a good job getting the best out of Tobias Harris. No surprise. Give me the Sixers for now, but I would not be surprised. Kyrie Irving, 50 tonight. We just talked about little guards can give the Sixers problems. True. Let's see Kyrie. He was balling the last time we saw him playing, so he's able to have a couple of 25 point halves. It adds up. It does. Math checks out. All right, we all have Philly. Let's hear who Tass has. Hi, everyone. I'll take the Nets. I think they're better than their record, and I don't think they're going under 500 again against a tired Sixers team. Okay. Tass, the only one taking Brooklyn. He gets the points, plus two and a half. Philly has to win by three for Lee and Trey and myself to pick up the W. Five games on tonight. A little more manageable than the uh, 11 there on a Wednesday night. Sixers-Nets is the first one on TNT. Uh, Mavs-Nuggets is the second one. Could have some scoring in that one. Also got Cavs-Grizzlies, Spurs-Lakers, and then the Wolves and Blazers. Actually, a lot of late games on tonight, Lily. So you're going to have a late night or very early morning, I assume. Both. Both. Oh. <laughs> well, you're going to be up all night trying to figure out that Rubik's Cube. Better stock <laughs> yeah. up on energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll call it there. If you're in the mood, go grab some No Dunks items at nodunks.com. we got hoodies, T-shirts, mugs, rep the brand. And now is the time to consider grabbing yourself an athletic subscription. Trust me, go to theathletic.com slash nodunks where you can sign up for just $3.99 a month for the best damn sports writing in the world. I told you we got a beach stepping podcast. It's up. We dropped it yesterday. Had Tass on that. It was a lot of fun. Keep your questions coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, solving a Rubik's Cube does not require magic. Just the internet. Embrace the day, people. You could stay. 
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.